Did you learn anything new from the coaches? You heard a little bit from Rick Stockstill. You heard from Coach uh, from Coach Signetti as well. Did you learn anything new from those guys this morning? I mean, Coach Signetti kind of told us kind of a little bit about, you know, what goes into a game week and the preparation, kind of what he looks for, you know, now in the FBS. And he told me, you know, at, at Media Day in New Orleans, he was looking for detail-oriented kind of throughout camp, and now it's going to carry over to, to game week. And he looks for the players and the coaches, everyone basically. Starts in the details, he said, and it goes down from there. And I think, you know, That'll show, hopefully, kind of in, in their execution on Saturday. But game prep seems to be in, in full swing for, for both teams. And I think he's uh, more than he was, seemed really excited today on the call. So I think he's ready to go. I think uh, at some, I know obviously the players are. We've talked to them and they, they want to hit somebody else and get after it. Again, college football is the only sport. I mean, high school footballs have scrimmages. There's preseason in the NFL. I mean, they don't they don't get a chance to really go against anybody else before they actually teed up for real. So that's why you see some sloppiness early in the season. But boy, you can just tell the players are ready. I, I think the coaches they they you you can you can only practice so much, and then when you play games, that's when you find out about your team. And I think they're ready to kind of find out what this team's going to kind of be made of. Yeah, I mean, a game situation, you can only replicate so much, right? Practice between the same. He talked about it today. You know, your defense will figure out what the audibles are on offense. The offense figures out what the defense is calling. So, you know, in a game, that's the time that, you know, it really learns of, okay, this is really what we do well, and this is what you do well. And I think that's kind of what I could think the coaching staff will take away from the game. Obviously, if you ask them, they're going to want two more weeks of practice for this game. But, you know, time has come. We'll find out the depth chart later this week as the two deep will come out when the game notes are out from Chris. But uh, let's talk about each position a little bit and just kind of our thoughts on who who may be stepping up and and who will who's going to have a chance to play. I think a lot of people have an, an idea. Um, let's kind of run through that. And I get let's start with quarterback. Um, I'm, it's got to be Todd Santeo, doesn't it? I think it's got to be. I mean, he's the guy. He's got the most experience on this team at quarterback. He's played in the FBS level. He's had success. At Colorado State last year, I mean, he had a 500-yard throwing passing game. Granted, they were behind, so they had to throw the ball. But he's the guy, I think. Um, we heard Rick Stockstill today talk about, you know, a transfer from Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, Middle Tennessee thinks he's the guy, and I think, you know, everyone really knows. And, and Signetti didn't name a starter. It doesn't sound like he wants to really do it, and but he said everyone knows, and I think it's kind of a, a given at this point. The two teams are almost mirroring each other this week because Rick Stockstill also said that he's not going to give away a lot to give to James Madison right now. And I, I, I'm again, they had two quarterbacks last year because Chase Cunningham, who was their starter, got injured. Then they had another kid, Nick Vadiato, who came in and, and threw pretty well. He won a bowl game for him. So they they right now supposedly have a quarterback competition also. But Coach Stockstill, I don't think, will probably give out the starter either. So I think both teams are kind of playing a little cat and mouse right now. I think they are. I mean, it's it's week one. It's pretty much the only week you have no known. It's all week unknown, and you don't know yeah. who's going to do what. I mean, teams have transfers left and right, so I think this is the only week of the year that you can really play this game of being really secret because, I mean, after you, you walk out there on the field on Saturday, everyone else the rest of the season kind of knows who you're working with. We're talking with Noah Fleischman from the Daily News Record, kind of talking about the roster right now and kind of what we think will happen. And then the, the names, the, the faces to know when they take the field on Saturday, we'll find out a, a, a two deep later this week. Again, there are so many fans clamoring for the two deep to see exactly what's happening. And you and I have been out of practice, so we have, we've got a pretty good idea uh, of what's going to happen. But at running back, um, Coach even mentioned this to TJ today, but I mean, when you got Percy J. Obese, Latrell Palmer, Kalon Black, and others, but those three especially, um, Solomon Van Horse will be in the passing game and, and, and get a few carries here and there. But, you know, those top three especially, 
Uh, it's going to be hard to find a better running back room than what they've got right now. I know you even tweeted it out that A.J. Davis did some good things for Florida A&M. Um, Austin Douglas did some good things at Mercer this past week. But that tells you about the depth of the running back room because those guys weren't going to get many snaps. Yeah, I mean, when you look at this room, it's probably the deepest room on the on the page now, especially with the defensive line. We'll talk about that in a minute, kind of taking some hits. But, yeah, I mean, A.J. Davis scored a touchdown at North Carolina. You had Austin Douglas had two carries for over 100 yards, <laughs> yeah. two touchdowns. I was like, okay, that's something. So that tells you right there, the two guys that left after camp, kind of, they if they knew they were going to play and they're going to make impacts with their teams they go to, I think that's a, it's a good sign for this this room. And, and when you look at those three guys that are going to take both of the bulk of the load, I mean, it's kind of you know what you're getting out of them, but I think you know a guy to watch could be Wayne Knight. You know, he could slip in there at the yeah. fourth back and kind of get some get some work with Solomon as well. So, I think you know that's a good room for Jamie to have, and I think they're going to depend on them a lot. At receiver, obviously Chris Thornton is back, but but they went out and got Terrence Green Jr. and I think he's made a ton of progress from the spring. Um, we, we we they they even put out the highlight reel after a uh, after their first scrimmage the the highlight reel catch that he had one handed in the end zone I think uh, I think he solidified himself as one of the guys Reggie Brown I think has certainly stepped up we saw him step up in the spring and has done so throughout camp uh, Devin Rabinell's a guy that they they relied on late in the year with a touchdown against Montana and against North Dakota State I think those four are are those are the four guys that we know are going to play quite a few reps after that. A little unknown. I think hopefully a guy like Maxwell James will step up. Um, but but we saw Peyton Hunter take a lot of snaps when uh, when Chris Thornton was out. A lot of unknown after those top four. It is, but I think you know the four that they have to work with are, are pretty good. They're really good. I mean, you know what you're getting out of a guy like Chris Thornton. I mean, I think Terrence Green will be a, a good compliment to him. Obviously, it's going to be hard to replace Antoine Wells' production. I don't think one guy will be able to do that, but I think you know you you get a, a crew of guys together with those three, you might be able to do it. Um, but, yeah, when you go after those four, I mean, if they deal with injuries and things like that, it's going to get a little shaky, and you, you may see them have to, you know, get a little creative with what they do. But right now, I think the top four receivers they have can get the job done. I mean, you talk about Peyton Hunter. We saw him. He he looked pretty good in practice when he got the mm-hmm. reps. And, and, I mean, at least he's got those reps, right, with, with those teams and then getting more reps than, than maybe he wouldn't have if everyone was healthy for the whole whole camp. But I think receiver is – it was an unknown coming into camp, and I think we know a little bit better about it, you know, at the end of camp. Coach Signetti was fairly concerned about it, um, really, to start camp and during the spring, but I haven't heard him talk about it much lately, and I, I think that probably, maybe they've eased his mind a little bit. I think you'd always love to have more depth, but I think just the way that, that Green and Brown have stepped up, I think that's, that's, I don't know, I feel like that maybe is, that position is in better shape now than I think when it was, even though they haven't added pieces. I mean, they did mm-hmm. add Troy Lewis, who we could see in the mix. A guy like him could, could see some reps. We may see like a maybe the freshman mind step up and, and take some reps at some point in time, maybe later in the season, not right now. But I, it feels like those four guys have kind of solidified it as, as far as maybe easing the mind of Coach Signetti a little bit. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he, he mentioned, I think, early in fall camp, I'm like, we need to find who we're going to throw the ball to. Yeah. And then I think after a while, he stopped saying that after a while. So I think that's a sign of he, he he's comfortable, I think, at least a little bit. Granted, this isn't going to be a team that's going to throw the ball 60 times in a game. And I think that, you know, that might also ease his mind a little bit, knowing they're not going to throw the ball a million times now. And they've got running backs that can get the job done as well. So overall, yes. But I think, you know, Troy Lewis, you know, you mentioned him. He came from East Carolina, obviously didn't play much there, but 
he could be the that reserve receiver in the in the event of an injury or need someone needs a breather. He could go out there and, and kind of you know be serviceable at times. He's been starting to make plays. He's starting to kind of stand out a little bit at times, just making some plays and doing some things much more than early in camp. So again, he's a guy that maybe once he starts to figure out a little bit more, that 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 could be someone that could maybe spell these guys for a couple plays here and there and maybe make a few catches. We'll, we'll see. Maybe kind of be the Reggie Brown of last year and, and step in a, when, when needed. So we'll see. At tight end, Drew Painter um, is back. Noah Turner is back. Those guys are vets. They were with Clayton Cheatham a year ago. But to have those two guys, and I think in this offense we're going to have some quarterback run and, and really try to establish the run game. I, I feel like that's what this team is going to do. Tight end is an important position, and I think with those two vets and then Zach Horton, Kelly Mitchell, and others, I think they, they do have some guys that can I don't know that they're great receivers but they are good blockers and I think that's going to help this offense quite a bit yeah I think you know if you're going to try to compare what a tight end needs to do in the run game you look at like what the Baltimore Ravens do with Lamar Jackson and kind of running backs that they have and and I'm not going to say JMU has a Lamar Jackson quarterback but they've got a mobile quarterback whoever ends up starting and and in those cases they use two three even a fullback with three tight ends they have four tight ends on the field at a time you know with a bunch of blocking and body so I think, Jane, you can utilize that as you talked about. You know, these are guys that aren't the best receivers, but they're really good blockers, and I think that that'll be a big strength for this Jamie team is kind of adding a couple more guys to your offensive line and, and really pounding the football, and that's what, you know, Kurt Signetti wants to do. He runs the ball normally, and I think he's going to, you know, hang his hat on that this year. We're talking with Noah Fleischman from the Daily News Record. He is their Jamie football beat writer, as we will probably catch up more later this week as well. We'll talk about that, but to maybe preview the game a little bit more later in the week. But, you know, up front, um, Coach has been pretty honest about how he's moved Tyshawn Wyatt from left guard to left tackle, put Tyler Stevens from left tackle to left guard, and talked about how they kind of always thought that Tyshawn might be a – he's got a longer reach and might be better at tackle. So I, it sounded when he talked on Friday there – probably going to leave it that way. He, he likes how that's working out right now. Um, Cole Potts, the starter, is back at right guard, at right tackle. It's Nick Kidwell. I think those guys are solidified. Tanner Morris, he started the, the couple of playoff games last year and uh, and did a pretty good job. He was kind of the starter early in camp. We'll see if Adair, the transfer from Liberty, pushes him a little bit. We saw Carter Miller a little bit, the freshman, in, in the spring as well. But um, I think Tanner's had a pretty good camp. I think we kind of know who those those five will be. But one thing I think they do have with, with Adair – Isaac Owusu Apaya, um, Josh Toner, Ronnie Altman, guys that have been in the program for now two or three years. They have depth on the offensive line, and I'm not sure they had quite that much depth a year ago. I think they're they're deeper up front than they were last year. Yeah, I think they are, and that's exactly what anyone has in the FBS. I mean, that's a position that you need to have healthy guys on the field. And you, you know, they got you get an injury there like they did last year, it can really change the course of your season. And, and that made JMU kind of turn into a passing team a little bit, losing running backs and offensive linemen last year. But, you know, this is a solid group. But we heard, you know, Middle Tennessee coach Rick Stocks will talk about it's a really experienced offensive line now. So they're taking note. But I wrote about Tanner Morris last week, and everyone we talked to at practice really thinks he's taken a leap this year, not only, you know, as a, as a player and, and physically, but, you know, mentally too, becoming that leader on the line because it all starts with the center. Yeah. And we talked to Nick Kidwell about that, and he was really talking about how Tanner's become more vocal and, and reminding him of some past Jamie centers. And if he's confident, then everyone else becomes confident. I think that, you know, that uh, Nick Kidwell really, really trusts him, and I think that's good to hear out of a, a vet talking about a younger guy. I mean, right now, if, if you go with the guys who potentially could be the starters, there's four redshirt sophomores and a redshirt junior in Nick Kidwell. So, again, they've been here for two, three years, or at least three years, some four, but they still have two years of eligibility left after this one. So this is still a group that can get even better 
um, the next couple of years, but they're pretty darn good right now. They made a lot of progress last year, and that was an inexperienced position a year ago that did cause some issues at times. They're they're experienced now, so um, this one should be a lot of fun to to follow those guys up front. On the other side of the footballs, we talked to Noah Fleischman from the Daily News Record. What do you make of a couple of guys, and I guess there's, there's been four since camp started, that have left the team, decided to retire, so to speak, or go to the portal like Antonio Webb. But um, we saw Deion Jones do it. We've seen two now defensive linemen do it. Tony Thurston, the latest. Um, Negron did it as well. But what do you make of, especially the defensive line now? We thought that was going to be a huge strength with depth. Boy, they've taken a hit throughout camp. Yeah, and they took a big hit losing Tony Thurston, you know, arguably – Going to be a guy who's going to be a big contributor. Was a big contributor to that D line last year on the inside, and, and you know, Kurt Signetti talked about it last week. But it's kind of a concern for him now. Not the ends he's not worried about, right? They're deep there. He's fine with the defensive ends, but the inside of that line, he he's kind of worried. And if you really think about who's there, they only have I think four guys that are really going to be making a big impact there that you really can look on paper. And and after that, it kind of gets a little shaky. So you could see him if there's injuries or something. You might have to play with. You might have to throw another defensive end. You know, they moved Johnny Cromaw, the guy from Rutgers. They they moved him to the inside recently to kind of replace uh, Tony Thurston. And, and they're looking for a lot out of Jamari Edwards, too. So, to I me, mean, the transfers, I think if anywhere on the field, the transfers made an impact, I think the defensive line might now be the be the one to keep an eye on. Yeah, Jamari Edwards, I think, has made a lot of progress. Um, he and James Carpenter in the middle, I think, they'll, they'll anchor that. But how much do they have to play? Sean Johns, Jordan Funk, they're moving Jamie Croma in from his uh, defensive end spot when he was going to be uh, or he was going to be DN, now he's going to have to play some D-tackle. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they can hold up against against FBS opponents for for 60 minutes. I think that's a major concern up the middle and, and will we see some maybe three down linemen where we see just one D tackle or a nose guard and then a couple of DNs or bring another DN. They do that a lot on, on situational downs, like third and long, something like that, passing rushing downs. We'll probably see a lot of that now. Um, but that's uh, it's, it's a concern for me going in, just to that depth in the middle of that defense. You mentioned the ends with uh, Abby Nwaku Akonji, Mikhail Kamara, Isaac Uku, Jalen Green, they've got four that I think they feel good about can play. It doesn't matter who's out there. They can all play at a high level. Yeah, they can. I mean, you know you're getting with a guy like Isaac Uku, but, you know, Mikhail Kamara's back, and he's healthy, and, and Chris Signetti talked about him today, and he, he mentioned him again. So if you keep getting mentioned by Signetti, I think that's a good sign. And, yeah. I mean, he's talked about Kamara, I feel like, every week. And Kamara, I think, has impressed a lot of people on this team, and he's going to make an impact, you know, starting with this weekend. And defensive end, I think he's happy with the depth there. And, just the tackles are a little bit dicey and, you know, playing in, especially on the Sunbelt Conference where every team's got a running back that can do damage. If you don't have guys that are on the inside that can, that can stop the run, it might be a long day for you. We're talking to Noah Fleischman from the Daily News Records. We just take a look at this JMU roster getting set for week number one. Torres Jones, Jalen Walker, I think they're probably locked into the linebacker spot after that. Um, Mateo Jackson, I think, is probably the third guy that can fill in both spots. Um, he's a veteran that has made some plays in the past, no doubt. Skylar Walker is now a true sophomore, same class as Jalen Walker. They hope, I think, can make some progress. Um, Julio IML, maybe. I know Coach talked about Trent Hendrick. Maybe he's a guy that could get some reps there. But, but the, I think they really like those top two. It's just a matter of they're not so sure besides Mateo Jackson after that. Yeah, I think so, too. I think, you know, those top two are really solidified. We, we probably circled their names as soon as Diamante Tucker-Dorsey entered the portal. All right, who's going to step up and, and fill that void? And I think those two are going to be able to do it together. And, 
And when you look at it, you know, Trent Hendricks, he might be a guy that steps in later in the year when this team gets a little banged up and, and steps in and plays some snaps. But I think overall right now, they're probably fine at linebacker as long as they can avoid any major injuries there. The Rover is kind of a linebacker. Chris Chekoneke is back. Obviously, uh, he'll he'll play a big part. I know they, they've moved Jarius Romanik to that spot as well. So I think those two guys, uh, we'll see how much. I don't know if they'll play together a ton, but I think they're kind of interchangeable. I think Jarius has made a lot of progress as well, and he was a starter for Arkansas State. But I, I think he'll still be a factor on this defense. Yeah, Jarius is a guy that can, I think, play pretty much anywhere in the secondary. I immediately talked to Arkansas State head coach Butch Jones, and he talked about, you know, the biggest thing with Jarius is his football IQ is just really good. And that he can basically play anywhere in the secondary and pick it up pretty quick. So not a surprise to see him move him and, and have him pick it up pretty quick. And I think he'll make an impact, you know, starting this weekend. And might need to play some of the other safety spots, the free or the strong, just because with Deion Jones deciding to hang it up, um, it, that does leave a little bit of a void. They don't have a ton of, of depth at, at safety right now. Just uh, Surratt, Q. Reed, Sam Kidd, I think those three are, are locked into play quite a bit. Francis Meehan is a guy that is a vet that can do some things, had the pick for a TD against Maine last year. Um, but they don't have much on the roster even after that. They don't have a ton of safety. So I think Jarius is a guy that could fill in for those guys if need be. But I, I love those safeties that I mentioned. They just don't have a lot of depth behind them. Yeah, and it's kind of a similar spot. The linebackers might be a little bit of, you know, you're fine right now, and if they get things up, it might be a little question mark. But, you know, that way Francis Meehan, going from a walk-on on an FCS team to being probably going to have a pretty big impact as a as a reserve safety is, is pretty, you know, inspiring as well. Sam Kidd did the same thing now. It started for JMU. So JMU's had success with the walk-ons to kind of making impacts, and I would expect, you know, Francis Meehan being that next guy. I think he had an interception in one of their scrimmages this year, so... He, he's an impact player, and I think he's. This might be his time to shine. At corner again, that's kind of like interior defensive line. That, that it's just Jordan Swan is the only player in that secondary that has a start at JMU. He has one start in his career. No one else has made a start at JMU. Now Devin Coles did start and play a couple of years at Norfolk State. I think he's starting to kind of figure it out. We've seen him make some plays in practice. Um, but besides Swan, there's some unknown, but we're seeing some young guys like a Brent Austin, the true freshman from California, play some. Antoine Booth is now getting a lot of lot of run. Um, the redshirt freshman from Michigan State, his dad, a JMU Hall of Famer. Um, Nakai Meredith is a guy that they were hoping, I think, but he's had to battle some injuries. So I'm not sure he'll be ready, but um, just there's a lot of, lot of unknown of that corner spot. They're just going to have to have some guys step up. I think Xavier Coakley's a guy that's starting to get a little bit more run when Antonio Webb left. So um, we'll kind of see how this one plays out at corner. This could be kind of, I don't know, revolving doors, probably not the right word. Maybe just try and plug and play and see who can who can last. Yeah, that's going to definitely be it. I mean, when you look at one start between the whole room, it's it's not great, right? But, I mean, you're going to see young guys play. And I think the best teacher in College football is a game, and you're going to see some guys be able to swim, and some guys will probably sink. And if you sink, you're going to come off. They're going to try to put somebody else in for a little bit and see if they can swim. And I think that might be the the way to teach them at least early in the year, and hopefully, kind of they can figure it out pretty quickly. But we'll see what happens this weekend. But obviously, you, you look at Swan as being cornerback number one, and then from there, probably Antoine Booth, maybe Brent Austin. Those are probably the next guys, I think, you know, if we're going to try to seed them there. But I think Swan's kind of 
at least, you know, starting on, on one side of the ball. And obviously some big shoes to fill in special teams with uh, with Harry O'Kelly gone and Ethan Ratke gone. But Camden Wise has looked good. We saw him in the spring look pretty good. Sam Clark's the transfer from Sacramento State. Um, I'm guessing he'll probably be the punter. Cal Davis still the long snapper. And they've got return guys that, that, that certainly can make some plays as well. But I don't think they'll drop off a whole lot. It's going to be hard to, to match what those guys did. Um, but I do like what the, what, the, what the specialists have done so far in camp. Yeah, it's going to be hard. You know, you're replacing Ethan Ratke, you know, a pretty much automatic field goal kicker. You're replacing Harry Kelly, pretty much automatic punter. Um, but I think they've just got the guys to make the move. I think, you know, you might not be as comfortable at the beginning of the year, maybe with field goals. I mean, we'll see what happens throughout the year. Maybe they'll prove us wrong. But, you know, with Ethan Ratke, you knew you could trot him out there and basically make almost anything. And that might be the, the part to watch. But we could see a guy like Camden Wise <laughs> turn into Ethan Ratke 2.0 and you'll be fine. And then all of a sudden everyone's, Everyone's happy watching, but I think that's probably the biggest question mark on, on special teams. I mean, you know what you're going to get with Sam Clark. You know, you saw what he did at, at Sacramento State. He was a pretty serviceable punter there, and I think he will be here at JMU. It's the Dukes and Middle Tennessee. We will have Noah come back on later in the week, and we'll preview the game. We'll talk much more about the Blue Raiders, and uh, we'll have the probably the two deep by then. We'll talk about that. So much more to come later on this week as we preview the game against Middle Tennessee with Noah Fleischman. But Noah, thank you for your time today, man. We'll catch up again later this week. I appreciate you. Yes, I'm good. Thank you.